Blog Talk Radio. There's no earthly way of knowing. It's like that scene at the end of Say Anything where they're waiting for the airplane to get Good man, Which direction we are going? Direct the El Camino. It would have been DWI. We have reached. A tipping point. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea. It is a very special edition of the Tipping Point. I'm uh, I'm Steve. You all know me. Um, Larry Goodman is not here tonight. He had a personal family emergency, and we certainly wish him and his wife and family the best. So joining me tonight, if you can believe it, hosting with me tonight is the owner of Southern Fried Championship Wrestling and Key Wrestling, which we're definitely going to get into, Mr. Charles Anschutz. Charles, how are you doing tonight? Uh, you know, Steve, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I was getting ready to watch my favorite episode of Sanford and Son where Fred thinks he's having a heart attack. And it didn't work out that way, so I'm here with you, and we're gonna we're gonna do some good stuff tonight. I got a good team. <laughs> yes, um, Charles. I don't know if you knew our guests tonight are Mr. Hughes, Total Enforcer, Mr. Hughes, and Ar Fox are, is going to be calling in later. Of course, the most listened to, downloaded episode of Tipping Point ever is uh, Mr. Hughes when he uh, caused a little bit of controversy, got a little heat, as they say in the wrestling business, with some of the things he said. But since then, he and A.R. Fox have mended fences, and we're going to give them both a chance to say their piece tonight. I am definitely excited about that. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to do anything to piss Curtis off because he's a big, bad dude, and I'm, whatever he says, I'm I'm fine with it, okay? There's, yeah, that's a big man. That's a big man. Um, please, Mr. Anschutz, tell us about uh, – I want to hear about two things. One, I want to hear about Southern Fried, and, of course, um, Larry's review of that show is up on uh, GWHnewsblogspot.com. Uh, but I want to hear about that, and I want to hear about Marquee Wrestling. Can you go into both of those things for us, please? Yeah, sure. We had a show this past Saturday night, main evented by Logan Creed and Odinson against guys you're very familiar with, the Big F and Deal. Uh, oh, yeah. Very, yeah, great match. Uh, awesome time. The key point, Jesus H. Odinson has Jeter up uh, to attempt the F10. The crowd is rising, you know, and then he just loses him, but you know, I'm, I, it's an opportunity to do it again some other time. So it, it, it ended up that Creed and Olson went over, but then Jeter and Ryan just beat the but Jesus out of him after the match was over. 
And then we got to set it up, bring them back, and see what they can do in a no DQ. We had a really great ladies matchup. Uh, Kayla Lynn, young lady, who is doing really well in Southern Pride now. The crowd is really taking to her and Kiara Hogan, who were both, I think, probably involved with Curtis's training, Mr. Hughes' training. Yes. Uh, had a great match going until Pandora decided to stick her nose in it, which led to AJ Steele's farewell speech. Slamming her through the mat and then announcing that he and I come to agreement that he is now the new commissioner of Southern Pride Championship Wrestling. And in the greatest shock of the night, Chris Nams even actually got a decent review from Larry Goodman for his title shot against Strict Nine, of which he still got his ass kicked. <laughs> One more miracle, and you will have achieved sainthood, Charles. Um, uh, but you know what I have been hearing about? And of course, you know, PCW had a huge July 4th weekend, which we can get into later on after the interviews. But I want to hear about marquee wrestling. Um, you're going to run a different town. Um, it's got a, a whole different feel to it. Can you tell us about it? Please? Yeah, actually, we're running the same town. We're going to start out in Monroe with it. Oh, okay. Uh, September 10th. It's just... You know, it started out almost as a rib. It seems here lately that every time Dick and Harry wants to run a show in Monroe, so I said, fuck it, I'll run a show against myself. Uh, <laughs> which turned into more of, you know, something I'd been wanting to do, a different style of show. You know, I like to consider Southern Pride the old, old-time old Georgia wrestling, as we like to say. And it's, it was an opportunity to do something different with a different skill set of workers. Uh, and some things came together just right. And some guys who I'd been wanting to see uh, to bring in, it, it worked out fine. We were able to line those people up. You know, I, I go back. I was introduced uh, about three to four years ago. I was in Charlotte for the Fan Fest one year. And I saw a match between two guys who are doing really well now. At that point, they weren't as known. A guy named Cedric Alexander and Trevor Lee. And I saw that match, and it had me on my feet. And I'm a big guy, so to get me up on my feet for an entire match, you've done <laughs> something. And ever since then, I've, I've had a passion for that type of match, the match I saw that night. But that doesn't always, you know, Bubba and Jim Bob, sometimes they want to see two fat guys beat the hell out of one another, and you have to give the fans what they want. But at times, there are things that I want to see, and this is somewhat in line of something that I want to see and I want to do, and I'm hoping it'll go over well. The card, I've gotten tremendous feedback on the lineup that we have in place. Uh, I have a very accomplished booker for this show that will be completely separate from Southern Pride. I will not announce that. Some people may know who it is, but I'll leave that up to him if he ever decides to make that announcement. But I'm happy about that. Uh, and we're going to run probably every two months, uh, you know, four to six shows a year, something in that ballpark. And we're going to see how it goes. Pre-sale has already been pretty good for the show. I mean, front row is gone. Second row is over half gone now. So, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to get Jason Kincaid in, uh, a guy who I watch a lot of video on. He's doing some good things now with the Ring of Honor. Uh, we're bringing back Slim and Jimmy for part two. Uh, that sells itself. So, you know, we're really excited about it. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's such an interesting take. Um, you know, I was having a discussion with somebody about, you know, 
would have been smarter to do it under the Southern Fried Banner. But no, I think there is something to it's a, it. Just sounds like a distinctly different product, different booker. You're going for a, a kind of a different audience as well, and uh, presenting wrestling in a different way. So, uh, marquee name is wonderful. Um, I will be curious to see how it goes, and knowing you you're going to give it the old college try. It's not going to be a, like a one and done thing, no matter what, which I think is, is to, yeah, no doubt about it. We, you know, we've already discussed, uh, at least, you know, I'm going to give it at least a one year run and see how it goes. And, and from there, you know, you know, who knows, who knows what'll happen, but we're going to damn try it. And, and I, I'm completely excited. We have a couple more announcements about some things involved with it that we're going to hold off and, and announce later on. Uh, but it's it's a and it's some things that I have wanted to do, some avenues that I've wanted to explore that now I will be able to explore with this, and we're going to see how it goes. And uh, you know, September is going to be a huge month, of course. The, uh, the marquee is going to be on the second Saturday of the month. That's is that the tenth? I would That's think. That's the tenth, yes. yes, sir. That's the tenth. Sacred Ground, of course, will be on the seventeenth. Uh, with the main event already announced, which will be uh, Gunnar Miller with Jeff G. Bailey against the PCW champion Jeter. But the night before Sacred Ground, which would be September 16th, which is a Friday, um, through Georgia wrestling history, we're going to have a a kind of a gathering of Georgia wrestling people. Um, Just going to get together in the main event. If you haven't been in the main event lately, it is, uh, that building has improved so much. It's just nice. They have a a full belly in the front and a full bar in the back. And so it's just going to be a chance for Georgia wrestling people to get together Friday night. Uh, I mean, they'll probably be like little video things, little comedy things. Um, but beyond that, it's just a chance for everybody to sort of get together. Cause I, with Gulf, Gulf coast reunion closing, um, cauliflower alley is real legitimately across the country there really is no gathering of Georgia wrestling people. Um, you know, we try to get to each other's shows and that kind of thing, but I just thought it would be nice to do it that way. And Larry thought it was a great idea. So um, this week, a website's being set up um, so people can sign up and say they're going to be there and uh, all of that good stuff. So, I mean, September is obviously going to be a huge month. August is going to be a huge month. You've got scenic city, of course, starting the month. Um, Charles, what do you have going on in August? Well, now as you mentioned it, I will actually be in attendance at Scenic City, uh, actually selling gimmicks. I'm going to take some of my old vintage posters and programs and things. But it's oh, an yeah. opportunity yeah, to sell some things. If I sell something great, if I don't, then that means I just get to keep it. Uh, but I'm going to be <laughs> there uh, hype, hyping up marquee wrestling. That's that's my two twofold reason to be there, to see some awesome action. And number two, to uh, hype up marquee wrestling and uh, see if I can uh, attract some of the crowd there because, you know, we're, we're gunning for a similar type audience. So I'm hoping that will that will help out in that. And like I said, if I sell some things, awesome. I get to, you know, but I get to see great wrestling and I get to promote a new product, which I'm really excited about. So I'll be there at Phoenix city for the weekend. Uh, actually, uh, I made hotel reservations today and the legendary, uh, photographer out at peak state, Rob Brodicker and I will be listening to one another snore that weekend. I reckon we're going to, hang out together, and uh, he's going to do whatever he's going to do, and I'm going to drink a lot of beer. Uh, August 20th, uh, 
we will be back at Southern Fried for our next Monroe show. We're actually doing July 23rd down in Macon in an outdoor show. It'll only be 126 degrees, but nobody will melt. Well, that's phenomenal. Um, Charles, Mr. Hughes is already on the line. I would love to just go ahead and jump into it. I'll, I'll give him the introduction. Um, he is the former trainer at WWA4 and a guy who has wrestled for everybody who is anybody, ECW, WCW, and most prominently in the World Wrestling Federation. He is total protection, Mr. Curtis Hughes. How are you doing tonight, Mr. Hughes? Great, great, Larry. Great to be on the show again here and uh, ready to just, just put it out there, my friend. Right on, man. Well, you know, Larry couldn't be here tonight. Um, he has a family emergency. So you're on with uh, Steve and Charles. But uh, you know what? I'm just going to open up the floor um, and just let you say whatever you want to say. So please feel free to uh, to speak your piece, sir. Well, you know, I mean, just like I said, uh, you know, my my life is professional wrestling and, uh, you know, and uh, I love training people and that's what I do. And, uh, you know, leaving uh, WWE4, coming over to where I'm at here over in Riverdale, uh, it's, a, it's a better environment. It's it's it's, it's uh, uh, more focused uh, than, than listening to all that rap music next door. And uh, so, you know, it's more focused in teaching people how to wrestle correctly. Um, in my opinion, you know, uh, you know, as an old school uh, style uh, professional wrestler, I teach uh, that style as well. So that's what I'm trying to produce, um, and that's what is lacking in the world of professional wrestling today. And uh, what I'm trying to do is bring it back so, you know, people can come back and start enjoying professional wrestling again. Uh, a lot of fans have left the uh, the profession because of whatever. I mean, it's just hard for me to watch sometimes. And of course, you know, you do shows, you see shows on the indie scene as well, where, you know, you got people that have no business being in the ring. And, uh, you know, you know, and of course you got people that, you know, they train people too. And so, you know, in my opinion, you know, everybody can't teach. You can open up a school, but you can't teach, you know, so, you know, the thing about it is, if you want to be a good professional trainer, you have to put some time in and learn the fundamentals, the basics of professional wrestling so you can teach other people. And that's what you don't see in the wrestling business today. And so I'm trying to revive that and keep that going so more younger people can have somewhere to wrestle. Because I'm telling you, if people like myself don't show these young people how it's really done in the professional wrestling uh, business is going to go down the tubes. Yeah, I, I if I could, um, uh, one thing I had a question about. So this is so W. This is uh, a school under the WWA four banner that you are going to be running in Riverdale. Is that correct? No, 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 not hell. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, no. I, I, I got. I'm sorry. I got no, a little no, confused no. there. So yes, yeah, um, no, please, no tell, us, tell us about this. Tell us about this venture specifically. Like, how uh, is there a name for it? Um, yeah. How can people get in touch with you and all of that kind of stuff? Of course. Yeah, it's uh, associated with Hot Atlanta at wrestling with Rocky King and Teddy Long. Uh, you know, of course, Teddy Long associated with WWE, and you know, and it's located over here in Riverdale, 640 Highway 138 Southwest in Riverdale, Georgia, 
uh, in the Hart Building, nice facility, air conditioning, um, you know, great parking, pretty much great everything. And so, you know, that's where I am now, not associated with WWA4 anymore by any means. There's a reason why I left there. Uh, it's hard to get students to come at the place because it's behind the strip club. For 13 years, you know, thank God, you know, Frank Aldridge, you know, held it that long and took care of the bills and paid me. And so that helped me, you know, kind of mold my craft of teaching people. And, uh, you know, and, and then, of course, thousands and thousands of guys that I taught are out there, you know, wrestling. There's a few on TV in the WWE. He's laying in Apollo Crews. And then you got Big Moose, I believe, just signed with TNA, I believe. And, and of course, there's thousands of other guys that I've taught professional wrestling. Being that we're in the new building now and that I left the other place, now this place I'm at now is the best school in the world, you see? And so, you know, people that want to be a professional wrestler, that want to Mr. Hughes to be to be their trainer and teach them how to wrestle the good way, the old school way, where it's going to help you get a J-O-B out there in the wrestling world and some bookings. Of course, you can go to Mr. Hughes the Bull at Yahoo.com, of course, or you can come by the school, which is at 640, uh, 138, Highway 138 Southwest over in Riverdale, Georgia, or you can call the school at 404-664-2827 anytime. And, of course, it's real reasonable. And, of course, we don't just take your money. We pretty much teach you how to wrestle. So that's what's going on with me right now. Um, you know, Charles, who's on the line, he's he's the owner of Southern Fried Championship Wrestling. And, uh, Charles, can you and Mr. Hughes have a talk about, uh, obviously, you know, everybody in Georgia, I think, you people that – Mr. Hughes has trained. Um, in, in fact, I think Odinson is getting like a big push at Southern Fried. Mr. Hughes and Charles, can you talk to me a little bit about Odinson? Um, like w- what his potential is, what first caught your eye, Mr. Hughes and Charles. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Odinson a little bit. He's somebody who I see, just see on the come up right now. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Odinson, you know, very talented young individual. When he first came in, you know, he was hungry. And that's the most important thing about being a professional wrestler is you got to be hungry. Once you feel like that, then you got to find the right person to teach you everything you need to know about the game of professional wrestling. Well, when he came in, I thought I saw he already had the tools, okay, to be a professional wrestler. But now I had to show him and teach him how to do it the right way as a big guy. You know, I used to be a big fella myself, and, of course, I like teaching big people because I used to be a big seller. And one of my things is, you know, showing him how to drop kick and show him the fundamentals of wrestling so he can take his own little twist with his character and put it to work out there. And apparently that's what's going on, and it's working for him, you know. But I see great things for happening for Odinson. He's a good kid. He has a good head on his shoulders. And, uh, you know, he's humble. And that's one thing you got to stay is humble in his profession. You can't act like you know everything. You can't act like you're a superstar. You have to be willing to absorb the knowledge from a a veteran that's going to teach you how to make it. I've been in this business going on 30 years, and I've been with all the major companies. So Odinson, smart individual. Okay, he did some research around the country, trying to find the best place to go to get what he wanted to get, you see. And of course, when you look for 
when you're looking for a good school to go to. You got to see how many people from that school is actually out there doing something in professional wrestling. And so that's what Odinson did. And I see some great things happening for him. He's booked all over the place. I even see shows that he's on, I'm on sometime. I was on a show with him down at GCW down in Alabama. And I had a match with him, classic match, you see? And it and it went over pretty good. I mean, you know, he was taught real well, so he knew exactly what to get in there and do. And he, he was a good listener. And I, when, once I got out the ring with him, I told him, I was like, <laughs> you're ready to rock and roll. See, and I, I usually wrestle with a lot of my students just to see where they're at. And once I get out and have a good match with them, then I pretty much tell them the truth. Hey, you're ready to go to the next level. So as far as Odinson goes, he's ready to rock and roll. He's ready to go to the next level. Charles, what, what first attracted you about uh, Odin's son? Where did, where did you first see him? Well, yeah, I, I saw video. Uh, the biggest thing was he, he was actually, Moose made the connection there for me. And I, I would like to say to Curtis right off the bat, I've probably used more of your people in the last three years than anybody in Georgia. Thank uh, you very much. All, I really appreciate that. They're all very well trained, uh, very polite. And they 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 listen. The, the things you said about Odinson are spot on. I mean, coming from, I used to do a lot of football announcing, and we used to have the old adage: Odinson is one of those guys that look good getting off the bus. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, he's got the look to start with. He's, he's very humble. He's a nice kid. Matter of fact, he could probably benefit from becoming a little meaner and a little more of an asshole. But you know, he, he he's a he's a great kid. He's willing to learn and listen and understand. And the guys, he, he's got he, he, the barbarian. That's what I saw when I first saw him. I said, this guy yeah. reminds me of the barbarian. And right. his his abilities over the last year and a half have just skyrocketed. And, right. you know, he's doing work at FIP now, and he's getting worried. The Scenic City Invitational is upcoming, which will be a great uh, set up for him. As a matter of fact, and I'm trying to remember off the top of the head, maybe he's wrestling Chip Day the first match there. Uh, I'm not sure on that, though. But anyway, the guy's he's got it. He's a guy that I personally see on television in a couple of years. No doubt, I think he's a can't-miss prospect the same way I felt about Uha Nation, the same way I felt about Moose, and the same way I felt about Cody Hall, and that's the reason I used all those guys. And no doubt about I think, it. I think Reggie's the next guy to get there. I do, too. Uh, you're spot on on everything you're saying about the young fella. He has a good head on his shoulders. He's willing to learn more and listen more. And uh, I see him uh, coming out, walking down that WWE uh, runway one of these days. You know, my, you know, whole whole dream and goal of a trainer is to see as many guys as he can get to get signed and, and do what they dream of doing, and that's that professional wrestling. Same thing I that I enjoyed doing when I was growing up that I wanted to be. And, and of course, you know, everybody gets older, and then the time came where even though I still do gigs, you know, I really love and uh, the, the game of teaching people how to do this stuff the right way to where people want to buy a ticket to come see that particular person. And Odinson is one of those guys. And, of course, too, Kara Hogan, you know, she's a you know young, talented young lady as well. I see some great things happening for her. I don't know if you used her before, but, you know, she's one of the uh, yeah. talent young ladies in the business, By of course. Fact, and uh, Yeah, this past Saturday night, Kiara worked her 
third or fourth show with us. She wrestled the young lady, uh, Kayla Lynn, who's training now. And uh, they had a very good match. I'm uh, very pleased with both of them. But, yeah, Kiara's come a long way quickly. First time I saw her, I think Moose did a Labor Day show a couple of years ago, and she was ring announcing, if I remember right. Right. That's right. Yeah. And so now, you know, uh, you know, she's, she's got uh, a gig this weekend uh, uh, up there in uh, Texas for Booker T's Federation. And so she's starting to make her spread her wings a little bit, uh, you know, and, every, you know, I try to help her out, get a lot of bookings. And, uh, you know, like I said, I got, I got a lot of young, talented people that I've trained and, and have trained and try to help them get, you know, get going in their careers. And, uh, you know, so, you know, Apollo, you know, Prince Apollo, you know, he's one of my, Top students here at the school right now. He comes here every day, trains every day, and of course, America. You guys are familiar with America. With America, uh, she's 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 one of my students. I train every day. Of course, she's she's getting better and better. And of course, when I get done with her, she's really going to be really good as a lady wrestler. And she, you know, she's kind of reminds me of the China style. But you know, when 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 she gets to where I'm, I'm taking her, as far as you know, learning how to be a good lady wrestler. She's going to be pretty good. You know, and I pretty much teach the girls pretty much the same way I do the guys. You know, drop kicks and, and just, you know, things that normally you don't see women do, which will make a, a fan go, my goodness, I got to come back and check her out. You know, and before I left the school, WWA4, you know, we did shows there every Thursday. And to give people, the young people, a chance to practice what they got taught and then put it on YouTube so they at least can have some matches on there showing that they can perform. So if a promoter calls or hits them up on Facebook or, or their, you know, website or whatever, they can have something to see. And that's real important. Of course, you uh, are a uh, booker, promoter. You know, you always want the best talent to come on your shows so you can at least draw some money to pay these people so you can continually run the gig. And, you know, I thank you for using my people. And, uh, you know, and that's what it's all about. Um, Mr. Hughes, that, that rem- I have two questions. One, um, who are you currently training? You mentioned America, but I was curious to who you're already uh, training in the brand new school. Um, that was yeah. one question. And the other is yeah. um, you, you mentioned um, the shows that you guys did on Thursday nights. Is, is that something that you, Teddy Long, uh, Rocky King are planning to reinstitute at a future date when you have enough students to do so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it takes a couple, you know, whenever you go somewhere and you try to build from where you left, it takes a few months to get things rolling. And, of course, that's what it takes, you know, and that's what I'm working on to get some good students prepared so we can start running some great shows here and filming and everything. And then once we get all that established, of course, we're going to be running shows here on Fridays. We can't do them on Thursdays because I had talked about that and I thought about, you know, Monday Night Wars, and I didn't want to do that, you know, and get that garbage flowing. So, you know, Fridays was the best time. So, you know, once we get things established and, and get people, you know, more people trained in the whole nine yards, then we're going to start doing more shows and so forth and so on. So, you know, other than that, you know, with, with Hot Leonard Wrestling and Rocky King and, and Teddy Long and everything, you know, once we get that going, we'll, you know, we'll be rocking and rolling. And so right now, you know, like I said, we had America. She comes here every day and trains, and uh, Paulo 
uh, Prince Apollo and uh, uh, another big guy called himself, his name's Donald, but I don't know what his shoot name is, shoot name is but he's a big guy. And uh, he's coming along great. And, of course, Angel Blackwell, she's another girl that comes over here and trains. And, of course, she is really talented. Uh, I'm trying to get her started on a, a lot of bookings. She's booked this weekend as well uh, up in uh, Vandalsta where we got a show going on up there. And she's wrestling America up there. So, you know, right now those are uh, a few of the people. Of course, also, too, uh, Kara Hogan, she comes over here and trains as well. So, you know, people would come here because they want to be trained and taught correctly, you follow me? And so, which is the smart thing to do, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to try to make it and be a good performer, you have to get trained by the right person, see? Because sometimes, you know, you, like I say, you got people out there that train people, but they don't know how to train. Yeah, you can open up the school and, you know, put a, you know, put a, a marquee up there saying such a training school. But if you don't know how to teach, you're just taking people's money, basically. And I don't work like that, you know. My time is important. So when I, you know, people come to see me, I'm, my whole objective is to teach them how to work, how to wrestle, period. Well, let, let me throw the, 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 the million-dollar burning question out there. Are you cool? Are you and Fox cool now? Is there still heat there? You know, tell us, tell us, give us a lowdown. Well, you know, on. yeah, I'll give you a lowdown on that. You know what? Look, I'm a Christian, first of all. And, you know, my thing is, you know, I, I got to forgive. I got to, you know, put that garbage behind and let that go. No, we don't talk right now. But, you know. You know, my thing is, as long as I apologize to whatever to him before, and that's all I need to do. And so, you know, my life's continuing. I'm not going to be lingering in that, you know, for the rest of my life. You know, I said what I had to say to him, and that was it. So I have nothing else to say about that subject. You know, I mean, you know, I don't, we don't talk or or anything like that. You know, he he does the school over there, and hey, he does it the way he wants, and hey. God bless him, but I'm gonna do it over here the way I do it, and you know, and that's how it works. So, so basically, he's competition now. <laughs> you basically, pretty much, yeah. Basically, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and there's nothing basically wrong pretty, with that. No, ain't nothing wrong with that. But let me tell you this: even though you're competition, though, okay, the whole objective is, is you got to teach people how to wrestle the right way. Is there a right way? Is there a wrong way? Yes, in my opinion, there is. Because if you don't teach people the fundamentals of wrestling, because you can't teach them, everybody can't fly. You follow me? Everybody can't do all that fancy stuff. You've got to teach them how to wrestle, which is the bottom line of the fundamentals of the game, right? And if you don't know how to do that, then a lot of guys are going to get lost. (laughs) They ain't going to know what to do. They're just going to be out there just doing whatever and can't get a booking to save their life. So the most important thing is, do you want to be a wrestler? Do you want to be a good professional wrestler? Or do you just want to be a weekend warrior? And that's the thing a lot of guys have to sit down and, and, and think about when they're looking for a school to go to, see? Are you are you of the mind, I mean, kind of dancing around it a little bit, are you of the mind uh-huh. that Fox teaches in such a way that you don't you don't I mean obviously you're you you believe you're the superior trainer of course do you believe that Fox does more harm than good with his training 
I believe so, Downs with you. I really do because, you know, there was a few people that I was training before I left there, okay, and they were coming along pretty good. They were long, learning the basics of professional wrestling. And so when I left, those people that I trained, I guess they started listening to what he was teaching and showing. Instead of them moving forward and learning how to do this stuff like I taught them the right way, now they're backtracking, okay? Instead of them doing a match with some psychology in it, now it's a bunch of high spots and moves, okay? Which that's the way he wrestles, you follow me? Well, just because you wrestle that way, you can't teach everybody that style because everybody has a different body frame, uh, you know, everybody's different shapes and sizes and weights. For instance, like Big Bear Boone, you know, he was one of my guys. Had the hillbilly gimmick, but he was a big guy, okay? Big guy, big round guy. So I already knew when he came in what kind of gimmick I was going to throw on him. So I had to train him accordingly, see? But yeah. once I got once I got done teaching him, he liked what he got taught, and he liked the way it was done, and he liked the way I put his whole gimmick together for him and the finish that went with it which was a bear hug, that to get out of this bear hug, you needed a crowbar, see? And, and that's the mindset that you have to have when you're teaching these young people, okay? When they're coming in paying their money, I want to say, hey, I want you to train me so I can get out of here and make my money back and possibly go to TNA or Ring of Honor or WWE, okay? I'm trusting you to help me try to get there some kind of way, not just take my money so you can pay the rent. <laughs> you follow me? And so, yes, I believe that certain people that teach, they teach because of, you know, the wrong reasons, to be honest with you. Instead of teaching just so these guys can do what they really love and, and grew up watching, some guys just do it just to get the money. And I don't, you know, I believe that's wrong. And so as far as the Air Fox goes, uh, you know, the method of training is, is 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 what I would say uh, not good for young men today or women either. See, so there you are. Yeah, um, Mr. Hughes. Before you go, um, again, if you want to give the information for the school and any yeah. last words, please do. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, so folks, if you're listening out there and you want to be a good professional wrestler and learn how to wrestle, this is most importantly, if you want to live your dream and be a professional wrestler and get the opportunity to wrestle in a ring, you're, I'm the one you need to holler at. The phone number to the school is 404-664-2827. And, of course, the school address is 640-138 Southwest on Highway 138, excuse me, in Riverdale, Georgia, okay? Easy easy to get to, big building, says Hart building on it, big old warehouse there, nice little facility. Come on by, Mr. Hughes will help you learn how to wrestle. Like I said, the phone number is 404-664-2827, and the address is 640, Highway 138, Southwest in uh, Riverdale, Georgia. I mean, excuse me, yeah, Riverdale, Georgia. Yeah, so if you want to be a good professional wrestler and learn how to wrestle and get your money's worth, I'm the man you need to see. I've trained thousands of young people. Heath Slater, Paula Cruz, Cody Hall, Moose. I can go on and on. Jonathan Gresham, a whole ton of people. Sam Shaw, 
I can go on and on. Just look up, just look up, guys, and you can go to www.sport.com. I guess you can see all the school, the shows that I've done on YouTube. I teach you how to commentate, referee, manage, you name it. That's what I teach, and by God, we show you how to do it. Well, thank you for coming on again, Mr. Hughes. I certainly appreciate it, and best of luck with the new school. I appreciate it, Steve, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, Charles, we're supposed to have Al Getz on as well. Uh, What Al wants, Al Getz, uh, man about town in the Georgia wrestling scene. But we had a call from a Florida area code. Cross your fingers, Charles. God knows what this will be. But let's go ahead and put them on and see who this is. Hello. You're calling the tipping point. Are you there? Guys, great program. Loved listening to Mr. Hughes, who was obviously the biggest mark for his own gimmick. Come on the program and push his school, guys. Great information there. By the way, when I looked up the phone number, if you look at the numbers associated with the phone number, it actually technically spells out jobber. Uh, Guys, listen, I have some questions here in regards to uh, Mr. Hughes and his programs and things that he runs, did he mention anything about having sickle cell and AIDS as to the degree where he weighs 160 pounds now? Yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and bring on our guest, uh, Mr. Al Getz, uh, man about town who recently has stepped away from the managing side of professional wrestling, uh, but still has a great podcast about managers in wrestling and all the rest of it and the whole damn thing. Uh, Let's go ahead and bring him on, Mr. Al Getz. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Stephen. How you doing, Al? You're on with me. Uh, Larry couldn't be here, but Charles Anschutz is here, who I'm, I'm sure he is a gentleman you have met before. Is that right? Absolutely. I've met both you guys and uh, talked to both of you in the not-too-recent uh, past. I've been listening to the program. Um, I don't know what that last caller was about, but before we get started on talking about Scenic City, I have a Mr. Hughes-related story to tell. That, that's oh, a, boy, that's please. A good one. No, it's, it's a good one. Um, we were talking about his students. Not only do they have the fundamentals, but as far as professionalism and locker room etiquette, when I was booking for Anarchy, um, you know, when they first started in the wake of Wildside, a young wrestler who had just started getting bookings outside of the, those Thursday night shows that Mr. Hughes was running, started coming to our events looking for work. So we booked him a, a couple of times. I think he ended up getting destroyed by Michael Judas two or three times, but In my 20 years in professional wrestling, I've been in hundreds of locker rooms, probably met thousands or at least well over a thousand wrestlers. This young man was the most polite individual I've ever met inside a wrestling locker room. So polite that I remember saying to myself, this kid's way too nice for this business. He's never going to fucking make it. Turns out that young man is now in the WWE and has been there for a few years. That was Keith Slater going by the name of Heath Miller. Wow. Awesome. Well, you know, Al, you're here to talk about Scenic City. Um, Both Charles and I are making the trek out to see it. Before you talk about Scenic City, I have one question about it. And now, in one year's time, I mean, 
Phoenix City happened last year. Great event. Um, the second night drew better than the first night. But this year, it's on a whole different plane. It's a whole different level. Uh, people are coming from around the country, around the world to see this thing. It's the event that's happening. It is the tournament that is the best thing going. Um, how? How has it happened in one year's time that this event has become this big, in your opinion? Well, if I honestly knew the answer to that, I wouldn't tell anybody because I would just keep it to myself. Um, I think a large part of it has to do with, with two things. And the first and foremost, I will acknowledge this, this person by name, Dylan Hales, did a tremendous job in uh, relentlessly plugging the event. And he relentlessly plugged many other promotions as well. So it's not just that. I think another part of it was the VOD and DVD that we came out with last year. While sales weren't you know, necessarily going through the roof, I'm not rolling around in a bed made of money from sales. It got very uh, – it did pretty well, and it got very well reviewed. And I think we didn't just put out matches on YouTube. We didn't just put out gifts or you know, things like that. We put out the whole event, you know, produced in very high quality with high quality commentary all the way through. I really think that's what started the ball rolling. But this year, what I think made everything come into place was three names. And that is Jimmy Rave, Matt Riddle, and Chris Hero. To me, those three guys together in the same tournament give this a completely unique and special Deal. Uh, I will say many other names were talked about and some were contacted over the course of the last several months, but I think these three in combination is, has, has just struck a chord with a lot of people. You've got the best independent wrestler in the world this year, the best independent wrestler in the world last year, and perhaps the greatest rookie in the history of professional wrestling all in the same place at the same time, and it's just really struck a chord with people um, on a national and even stretching up into Canada international level. I, I think, you know, the event, it's got that, it's already got that like super eight appeal. I think it's one of these things where people are going to be knocking down the door to be a part of it next year. Um, they already have. Was there, was there this notion that, um, because the first year was very successful and um, was there this idea that we needed to avoid the sophomore jinx at all costs? Is that why um, the talk about the, like the talent being brought in? I mean, it's uh, last year was definitely a great exhibition of the best of the local talent. Um, this year, it just feels like a national level event. Was that, was the uh, idea of avoiding the sophomore jinx and trying to live up and surpass last year, the reason for that? You'd probably be best uh, off asking Ace Rockwell and Scott Hensley about that. My personal feeling is no, it wasn't a concerted effort to make it X percent bigger. I think based on what the live attendance was last year, uh, Ace put together a budget and look to fill it with, you know, wrestlers and, and starting with the local wrestlers and then figuring out what was left for some of the outside name talent to come in. And I, you know, it wasn't, it really wasn't planned. I will say the last two people added to the tournament were Matt Riddle and Chris Hero. So all along, it really wasn't, you know, God, we really need to make this super big. 
we just, I, I think they just sort of fell ass backwards into it somehow. I mean, you know, I mean, we're not even mentioning Corey Hollis, Kyle Matthews, Leo Rush, uh, Odinson, who you just talked about with Mr. Hughes. I mean, it, it's just an incredible lineup that just happened. And I think that's just a testament to the quality of the event last year, the good, you know, the, the good reviews, not only for the in-ring work, but in how everything was organized and run backstage. I just think it's, uh, it's just one of those times when everything falls into place. Charles, you're going this year. Um, obviously you're going to sell your wares, by the way, for people who don't know, Charles has, one of the greatest collection of sort of vintage wrestling posters and programs. Um, but Charles, what, what's your main reason for co- going to the scenic city this year? Okay. I can, uh, I've got the lineup right in front of me because I don't want to make sure that I miss anything. And I was right earlier about Odinson and Chip Day in the first round. I have not in person seen Leo Rush, Drew Delight, Joey Lynch or Ray Fury. I have not seen Matt Riddle in person, and I have not seen Chris Hero in person. So that's the first appeal to me to see, you know, half of this field I've never seen live. And, and you get video is great, that's awesome, but you get so much better feel of how that worker gets over with that crowd when you're there in the building. And so that's what I want to see. And, and it's just I mean, the, the matchups. And I'm sitting here, they've, they've announced the first-round matchups, and I'm like, where's the damn bracket? Because I'm, I'm looking at who's going to fight who in the second round. You know, I'm, I'm excited about it. And I'm a promoter, and I, I own a different company, but I'm excited about seeing this show. And I'm sitting here like, well, what if this guy wins or this guy wins? What a hell of a matchup that would be, you know? And I'm looking at Michael Judas versus Gunnar Miller. Wow. And, Maybe Jimmy Rave and Chris Hero could end up in a match together. And Leo Rush and Anthony Henry, I mean, gee, I, I don't think my eyes can keep up with that match. So, you know, it's, that that's the appeal of it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it too, of course. Um, Al, uh, switching gears for just a second from Scenic City, uh, you have a podcast on your of your own that focuses on wrestling managers. And it's one of those things where – I don't know how many people listen to it, but it's one of those things that everybody should listen to. Certainly if you're in the wrestling business, you should listen to that podcast. It is phenomenal. I mean, some of the greatest managers of all time and wicked nemesis and Logan chase. So (laughs) Al, Al, I got to ask when, when you and Dan came up with this project and, um, I got to say, it's one of those things that on the face of it seems like, I don't know, how interesting is that going to be, talking managers in an age where managers seem to have less and less importance. But, man, I got to say, it's pretty awesome. When you when you talk to somebody like a, a James J. Dillon, um, the guys of that stature, um, you know, even Jeff G. Bailey, a guy that you already know, like – do you get excited? Like, what's your thought process going? What thought process do you go through as a guy who manages yourself uh, when you're going to talk to these guys? Well, first, thanks for the kind words about somehow we manage. It is, of course, the only podcast dedicated to professional wrestling managers and the art of managing. Um, it started um, when I was recovering from my broken leg, which I suffered back in November. I was sitting at home, really not able to do much, certainly not even thinking about getting back into wrestling as a manager or anything else, but I knew 
I still wanted to do something. And I reached out to Dan and I just said, what do you think of this idea? And he's like, oh, my God, that's the coolest thing ever. So we said, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. Um, came up with the name Somehow We Manage, which was uh, loosely borrowed from a Michael Scott bit on the TV show The Office. Um, and we just started from there, and, and Dan did a great job of uh, uh, cold emailing uh, a few guys, and we got responses from J.J. Uh, Dillon. So it was just amazing to have him on, as a guest on the show. Once I knew we had him booked, I went ahead and bought his book, um, wrestlers are like seagulls and oh, read yeah. it from cover to cover in about two days to prepare. We had Les Thatcher on. Of course, Jeff has been a regular guest and co-host. And then sometimes we just bring someone on and we just rap about random managers from Memphis in the mid 1980s. And we just run off the names and, and have a lot of fun. Dylan Hales came on and talked about five of his uh, most underrated managers, you know, so there's yeah. no set format. We have big names as guests. We have little names as guests. Um, you know, it's, but it's a lot of fun, especially since so many of what I believe our listener base is really doesn't know what managing is on, on a level, you know, aside from the indie. You're just looking, you know, thinking about how managers are perceived nowadays when NXT had a heel tag team that they just debuted and they needed a manager for, they didn't even think to call any of the you know, indie managers or guys who have made names for themselves the last 10 years, they went way back in the past and, and uh, brought in Paul Ellering, which right. really just goes to show you the amount of respect that managers have received over the last 10 years that they probably didn't even think of a, a Jeff T. Bailey or a Jim Mitchell. They just said, well, uh, let's just bring back Paul. No disrespect to Paul. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. Um, but yeah, it just it just struck me as a little weird that that's who they brought in. You know, Paul Ellering to me is an interesting guy because he was he was a manager in sort of the macro sense of that word, if that makes sense. Like he wasn't just a guy who like showed up at ringside. He was a guy who actually handled the Road Warriors bookings and finances. And I mean, you know, the famous thing about him getting them to invest in Zubas pants, which made <laughs> God knows how much money. Now, I, are there any managers? I can think of exactly one manager that I would call a manager's manager, you know, nowadays. And, I mean, it's Jeff. I, I think Charles can probably attest to this. When you, when you want to book Gunnar Miller, you go through Jeff. Um, like, Jeff, like, that's Jeff's only charge right now. And that there, there is a very old-school feel about that relationship, manager and the managed as Rocky Balboa would say um Al can you I mean you're you know you obviously know Jeff you see him at shows here and there and Gunnar Miller is another guy who's going to be in that scenic city uh talk about Gunnar Miller and what you think having Jeff because Jeff is going to be there at scenic city um what does that bring to Gunnar Miller and how does that help him because uh, Gunnar Miller is another guy that you just see money on, and you see like that guy's going to end up making a serious paycheck in the wrestling business. What does having Jeff G. Bailey do for him, and how can that make a difference between year one and two of the scenic city? Well, I think when you look at what Jeff brings to the table, you just have to look at his past charges. And, yes, he is a manager's manager like Paul Ellering and like to some extent Gary Hart was as well back in the day. Jeff yeah. can really – takes his clients, uh, you know, very seriously. You look at the improvements that guys like K-Crush, now R-Truth, AJ Styles, 
um, Shatter, now Gunner, and countless others made once Jeff started managing them. That's not a coincidence. Jeff actively provides feedback to their matches, but he also does a really good job of knowing his men's strengths and weaknesses and working with the promoters and bookers and making sure that everybody is put in the best possible situation. And when you look at Gunnar Miller, um, I, I don't know who sort of uh, put the two together, but I know once Empire stopped running their regular venue in Rossville, Gunnar was sort of, you know, a, a man without a home. And I know a connection was made to put Jeff and Gunnar together, and very quickly they debuted both for Why We Wrestle in Cornelia as well as Platinum Championship Wrestling. And I, you just look at Gunner now versus even the six, seven months ago when he was primarily wrestling only at Empire, who, while they put on great shows, they have a very regular talent crew with not a whole lot of turnover. Now all of a sudden he's wrestling guys in two different promotions, many of whom are new faces for him, and yet somehow, some way, he's managed to get better very, very quickly. He's wrestled Corey Hollis. He's wrestled Kyle Matthews. He's wrestled Shane Marks. Uh, he is just understanding of, of the gargantuan task put upon him to live up to the hype. This is a guy who's less than three years in who, who yeah. had conversations with the WWE before he even had his first professional match while he was still training to be a wrestler. This is a guy who the Ultimate Warrior called by telephone years ago and reached out to and they developed a relationship. There is a tremendous amount of pressure on his shoulders, but you would never know it talking to him in the locker room or seeing him in the ring because he is calm, cool, and collected and improving at a rate almost faster than I would have thought, which uh, I already thought was going to be pretty big. You know, there's two stories that I remember from Scenic City last year. I was not at the event, but the two things I came away with was like the Anthony Henry, Jimmy Rave match, which everybody talked about. And, and, and the thing with Gunnar Miller and Rave. And, I mean, it's really exciting. Like Charles said, you know, I'm looking at those brackets. And like, oh, man, are we going to get to see a rematch and all of that stuff, which is a testament to the guys who booked that show, but also a testament to guys like Rave, uh, Gunnar Miller. I mean, it's just all the guys are bringing their A game. Um, Charles, do you have a question for Al Getz? I'm sorry, I keep, I keep jumping in. Well, yeah, I, I want to go back and just touch a little bit on what he said. The pressure that you're talking about that's on Gunner, having Jeff to handle a lot of these other things helps alleviate that pressure. Uh, and so he can just concentrate on what he needs to be doing. He doesn't have to worry about dealing with asshole promoters like yeah. me or whatever. <laughs> that, that takes it off of him. And, 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 and you know, we, we Gunner came in and worked a tag match for us a while back, and he's coming in for two more, at least two more shows, uh, August and September. And right after the tag match, Jeff and I were in the back, and we looked at each other, and we, you know, Gunner, Odinson, and we both saw stars, and we said, that's that's where we want to go. And obviously we already have that book for Marquee, so, you know, we're heading that direction. We're excited about that. But, yeah, you can't miss Prospect. It's obvious when you see in, in, in our ring when the two of those guys went eye to eye, it was it was magic already. And, 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 and as a promoter, I see dollar signs. And Jeff, as the manager, he sees dollar signs. And we see asses in seats, which is what we all want. But uh, Yeah, it, it's hard for an independent wrestler to get bookings. You would think it wouldn't be, given that within 180 miles of Atlanta, there's about two dozen 
wrestling cards every weekend. But there's so many wrestlers out there, and, and, you know, wrestlers have to be not only wrestlers but also agents and salesmen. So to have Jeff take care of that is a huge weight off shoulders. Gunner has no qualms about whether he's going to be used properly, whether he's going to be taken care of, whether he's going to get paid, because with Jeff at, at the helm, all those things are taken care of. So it's just a couple of less things to worry about, and he can focus on continuing to grow and develop in the ring. But, but Stephen, what you mentioned earlier, um, the takeaways from last year with Jimmy and Anthony and Jimmy and Gunner, we sort of lucked into having all three available again this year, and that's one of the problems when you are looking at booking for a tournament is how can you have things like that that you don't know a year from now if the, those players are still going to be available. Um, yeah. So, you know, they, they were out there. I, certainly the plan was to hopefully have all three back and, and perhaps see if they cross paths again this year, but you never know. And so when it's a standalone tournament, I think the idea is more focused on giving everyone the best matches possible and allowing the wrestlers to have you know, their their best possible opponents in order to shine. Uh, whereas when you look at a Platinum or a Peach State or a Southern Fried, it's more about the month-to-month and, and week-to-week storyline to get people coming back. This this tournament, you know, you mentioned the first-round matches. There are blockbusters. There are guys that many people thought were going to be the favorites that aren't going to make it to the second round. Um, so it, it's really, you know, led a lot of people to, to guess what's going to happen. And, and I think that's part of the fun is not knowing the only way that, you know, the best ways to draw money in pro wrestling is a, to have matches where the fans don't know the outcome and B to have them vested in the outcome. The way we've put these first round matches together, no one knows who's going to win any of these matches. Conceivably, Every guy could win their first-round match. That's not a stretch. And I think when you look at how Jimmy Rave portrays himself, how Gunnar Miller will portray himself in his, you know, home base, how guys like Matt Riddle and Chris Hero and even Anthony Henry and Drew Delight and Billy Buck present themselves, the fans yeah. will very quickly attach themselves to some of these wrestlers and have that vested interest that leads to, uh, you know, incredible reactions the night of the event. Well, guys, real quick, um, because Larry isn't here this week, we actually managed to get one of our old sponsors to buy time on the show again. So we're going to run a commercial uh, for a former sponsor that is a current sponsor, thanks to the absence of Larry and the inclusion of Charles. Are you craving meat? Then maybe it's time you came to the Von Eric Family Steakhouse. I'm Kevin Von Eric owner and operator of Von Eric Steaks, where we serve only the finest Texas beef, and we've got a steak for everyone's taste. Try our 32-ounce T-bone, the David, the finest, juiciest, most over-steak in the place, which was destined to win the Steak World Championship, but never got the chance. Or how about the Kerry, the 20-ounce ribeye that's got a lot of sizzle, but not as much of the steak. On a diet, try Kevin. A 12-ounce lean cut of sirloin that comes barefooted. Maybe you're into hamburgers. How about the heaven needed a hamburger, a.k.a. the mic? Or take the ultimate meat challenge, the Fritz. 42 ounces of tough, mean, grizzled, thick, burned, nasty, mean beef. It's like chewing on an old tire. Or 
for the vegetarian option, Lance, which isn't meat or Von Erich at all. At Von Erich Family Steakhouse, we've got something for everyone. So come on down and see us at the Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas. Von Erich's, our steaks will put a claw hold on your stomach. I've heard, I've heard that if you order the fritz, the waitress comes out with a leather belt and whips you with it ten times before you can start eating it. Is that true? Oh, no. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it has been an incredibly fast hour. Um, Charles, you first. Uh, any last words? Anything you guys want to promote or, t- or uh, any last thoughts that you have? Charles, please, you first, sir. Yeah, quickly, uh, Dylan Hales, now you mentioned Dylan's name earlier. We actually are going to have a pool. We're going to draw numbers one through 16. We're going to put names with them, winner take off, and see the invitational. Contact us. We'll get you all the info, and you might walk out the winner. So, hey, gambling accident. Who, who knew? Uh, <laughs> and this, I'm hearing this Von Eric promo, and we're talking about managers, and my favorite manager of all time that I have to throw out there, Gary Hart, who I thought was the greatest manager who ever – Grace professional wrestling. I so wanted him to bring Kamala or somebody out and beat the hell out of them and end that commercial quick. <laughs> um, Al, thank you for coming on and talking about Scenic City. Any last things you wanted to say? Well, just for those who have been living under a rock, the Scenic City Invitational takes place two nights, Friday, August 5th and Saturday, August 6th at the East Hamilton High School in Udawa, Tennessee. It's spelled O-O-L-T-E-W-A-H, but I assure you it's pronounced Udawa. It's also sponsored by WrestlingWithWords.com, which happens to be the host of Dan Wilson and mine's podcast called Somehow We Manage. Um, and you can catch me on Twitter at, at Woo Wrestling. That's W-H-O-O Wrestling. Well, Al, um, hey, Al, can you tell them how to get tickets? Uh, they can get tickets through the Empire Wrestling website. That's empirewrestling.net and go to the store. Um, front row for both nights is sold out, uh, but general admission tickets still remain for both nights at just $10 a pop for each night. Thank you very much, Al. And Charles, thank you for stepping in. Again, We uh, all the best goes out to Larry Goodman and his family. Hopefully he will be back in two weeks when we're back with Tipping Point. Uh, next week, Three the Hard Way with that son of a bitch, Matt Hankins and Big Wood. Um, I am Stephen Scarborough, formerly Stephen Platinum. And another thing, uh, to Mark Grayson, who got hurt at the Monstrosity Show, all the best to him and his family as well. We'll see you in a couple weeks with the tipping point. Good night, everybody. As always, we thank you for your continued support.